So, Birdo, today's episode is just going to be for patrons of the podcast, but I thought we would do an introduction. The reason why I want this to be page for patrons only is because you and I are going to be taking a personality test that is pretty involved, and we'll be talking about our own mm. personalities and our own... Foibles. Yeah, <laughs> and I would rather not have that go to literally everyone on the planet. Okay. I usually try to limit that to just the patrons. So, what do you say we find out what is wrong with the two of us? Berto, what do you say? Let's do it. All right. Today is the episode of a podcast called Psychology in Seattle, <laughs> and I am a co-host called Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. Who are you, Berto? My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I make deciduous Christmas trees. So this is a personality test that we're going to be taking. But Berto, what is personality? Yeah, it's funny you should ask. When I was... About 12 or 11, my cousin, older cousin, she wasn't really my cousin. She was, they called her my cousin, but she, we weren't actually related. Good story. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> she was two years older than me and she always dated these older guys, but I had a major crush on her. Okay. And one day I remember she told me, well, the problem is you have no personality. Right. You've said that. Before. And <laughs> I was like, so puzzled by this. I'm like, Pers- I have no person. How does one acquire a personality? What do I have to do to have a personality? And it, it always haunted me to the rest, for the rest of my days. How does one acquire a personality? I think that uh, the way we're meaning it is, you know, sort of like what is our behavior with others, you know, with ourselves in social situations and things like that. But there's apparently some magic out there that if you have the right personality, you'll get the right girl. Okay, so that's a part of personality, but in... And certainly in colloquial language, people say that person has personality. That person doesn't have personality. That is not the way we use it in psychology. Personality, in a nutshell, is the, and this is my definition, the relatively consistent patterns of thinking, behaving, and feeling. So, in other words, Berto, you consistently, when you enter a party, are talkative. So Mm -hmm. that is a consistent pattern of behavior that we would say is a description of your personality. It it, it makes us, when you add up all the qualities of our personality, the big ones and the small ones, it distinguishes us from other people. Right. So uh, another way of uh, thinking about this is that it's our interpretations, the way we interpret the world is based on our personality our emotional experiences and our emotional expressions are based on our personality. You know, mm-hmm. if someone is very expressive, then that's a personality trait. Whereas another person doesn't show their heart on their sleeve there. That's another, that's a part mm-hmm. of it. It seems consistent over time. And right, right, right. when you have friends, you can describe them like that person is very warm. That person is very cold. That person is very ambitious. That person is very into children. That person is really into saving the planet. Um, that person is very into their job or whatever. And uh, our motivations and behaviors are based on personality. Research shows that, as with many things, it's a combination of biology and, ex- and ex- our experience. And there are various different models and theories regarding personality. I could talk about this forever and ever, but, you know, commonly known models and theories are psychoanalytic behaviorism humanistic attachment um, that kind of thing but in terms of personality tests Berto what are some popular personality tests out there 
Myers-Briggs. Right. What else? Uh-huh. We've actually taken a few. Yeah. Um, there's the, um, I don't remember what it's called, but there's the one where it gives you the, like, colors. Huh. What was it? What's that one? Well, we did, we did Enneagram. Color, like, we like did I'm orange and... Okay, well, I don't know anyways. that one. But we did Enneagram. Enneagrams, yeah, right. And uh, astrology is another personality mm-hmm. typology based on when you're born. Also, you will see on Facebook, you know, which Harry Potter character are you? Right, like, like, fi- in, like comparisons to fiction. Right. <laughs> and what makes all of these unscientific and not very useful, Berto? Because they are. Um... I, I mean, you know, so if we had enough samples and, you know, you had like aggregated it for a million people and then you randomized all those million people and then you actually tracked their behaviors in real life and then you compared it to their answers and then you could probably form something. But normally all these online tests, they have nothing of that. It's just kind of for fun, <laughs> you know, they, they, they right. make some, gener- some high level generalizations and then... Okay, what, yeah, right. I think what you're saying is that a good, valid, reliable personality test predicts behavior. It predicts our interpretations. For example, if the Myers-Briggs gives you a typology and it says you are this kind of person, it should be able to predict what a group, you know, if you take 100 people with that typology with, you know, ENFJ or whatever, and you present them with a situation in a lab, like you have to help someone, but they're a jerk face, then we would see a signal there. There would be some kind of grouping based on the 16 types. But what we find is that that's not true. Um, What's another aspect of personality testing that you have to have in order to make it like a scientific and helpful thing? Sorry, but you're saying that that's not true even of like Myers-Briggs. Right. Oh, I see. It's not true of Enneagram. It's not true of astrology. It's not true I thought of you were Facebook. Talking, yeah, I thought you were talking about more of like the Facebook and the astrology ones. No, no, all of them. Uh, Facebook is just as unreliable as Myers-Briggs and astrology and Enneagram. And it makes sense because Myers-Briggs, astrology, and Enneagram were all established by people pre-science, essentially. Or Myers-Briggs was during science, but it was developed unscientifically. It was developed based based on an interpretation of Jung, and it was just anecdotal. You know, ah, it's not based right. on it's not based on research. It's not based on okay. observation. But and I'm not saying Myers-Briggs is useless. I'm not saying Enneagram is useless or astrology is useless. I'm just saying that we don't use it in psychology I because see. it's not scientific. Interesting. I, so nowadays you could, if you could get around the privacy aspects, but. If you asked people enough questions and then had simply statistical correlation to all their actual decisions, <laughs> then you could end up with a generated model of something that would would be predictive. And but, we do have, uh, we've approximated that. I mean, not every data point. Like Facebook but, has that. That's what Cambridge Analytica was exploring. Yeah, and I'd be, I'd be curious as to what sort of typologies they have. I mean, it's basically just based on capitalism, but... But anyway, so why else are Myers-Briggs Astrology and Enneagram and Facebook not considered uh, useful to, to psychologists? Why else? Yeah. Uh, they're probably biased. What do you mean? Uh, they were probably developed with you know certain cultural biases and yeah. geopolitical biases. Yeah. Well, really, all personality tests have baked-in bias because they're all developed by people with bias. So uh, that's not It really. also could be because of self-reporting. 
Right. The, you know. So so that's another issue. So let me just sort of comb through, yeah. which I think you're zeroing on a little bit. But uh, another thing is that your type changes too quickly and too mm -hmm. often. So with Myers-Briggs, we found that because one of the things about a personality type is that it's presumably a consistent, relatively consistent part of your personality. Mm -hmm. uh, your personality can change over time for sure. But, and we'll get into that later. But generally speaking, if you're talking about a type, we're talking about something that can, you know, sort of stay consistent at the very least month to month or day to day. Right. Whereas with Myers-Briggs, astrology, Enneagram and Facebook, you, you don't find that you, you find that people, when you test mm. groups of people, they don't stay in the same category from, from day to day, which indicates that it isn't really measuring personality. It's, it's measuring something else like your mood that day or, <laughs> or something, which is fine, but it, right. it, you can't call it a personality test. The other, um, aspect of these tests is that the types aren't actually different you know like some typologies just highlight positive traits and co common flaws like mm -hmm. you might hear someone say for astrology for example you know because you were born in this month you are hardworking, responsible pessimistic and stubborn mm -hmm. well most people consider themselves to be hardworking and responsible i mean I'm guessing there's a minority of people who are just like, no, no I'm a lazy yeah. SOB. I mean, everyone tries, you know, and stubborn. You know, I, I would say that how do you quantify stubbornness? I mean, right. everyone has a stubborn streak, right? right? And everyone has pessimistic, pessimistic streaks, you know, that kind of thing. So when you have these, uh, typically astrology is like this, but other uh, Enneagram is kind of like this as well, that when you tell people, you know, you take the test and you tell people what type they are, you, you can actually uh, mix it all up and just say a random one back to someone. And they're right. like, oh, my God, that's so me. And that's <laughs> one of the ways that you test these things. Um, now, I know there's people out there that love Myers-Briggs. They love Enneagram. And that's fine. It can be useful. If it resonates with you, then great. But science has really tried to establish these tests because they're so widely used and they've been studied thousands upon thousands of times and they've really tried to say okay can this be useful mm. as a personality construct and they've of, not been able to yeah they've not been able to do that again if it's useful just like if going to if you're a catholic and, and that's useful to you right but science hasn't proven that god exists i found for example i found the myers-briggs useful at work because the people we did it as a team and then it was it opened up a conversation about different work styles and being accepting of other work styles right. and things so like that. So if if it facilitates a conversation yeah. and that enhances productivity and profit, <laughs> then right. it was it did its intention. Did it actually test personality or assess personality? Probably not. And then we had to write in red letters our letters in our forehead. Yeah. And as we walked people pointed and laughed. Yeah. Um the other thing that uh I can think of as to why some of these tests aren't very uh, respected is that the types basically just summarize your responses. Like if 
you said, you know, because it's self-report. And so yeah. one of the things, true or false, I like sex. And you say, true. And then there was, so they ask like 50 questions. And at the end, they say, you're the type of person who likes sex. <laughs> and then the person's like, oh, my oh God. Oh, my gosh. This is true. Yeah, a lot of tests are actually like that. Like yeah. um, a lot of the Enneagram and uh, Facebook tests, they're all kind of like <laughs> that. And it's like. Yeah, well, you just asked a bunch of questions and then summarized the answers in a paragraph, and <laughs> it, and it doesn't that doesn't mean anything. Um, so well, it's like have you seen the ones about what's your spirit animal? Yeah, it's the same idea because it asks you things like, would you rather fly, right, or swim? And then in the end, it's like, oh, I am a fish. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> so the tests that are actually used by psychologists and have uh, you know decades of um, you know, testing to establish its validity and reliability, meaning that it the test seems to be consistent over time when it's administered to the same person over time, and the the typology that it generates tends to be predictive of other things and are and you've taken the MMPI and the MCMI. Oh, I forgot those. Yes, years ago, this would yeah. have been. 12 years those ago. Those were long. Like they are, yeah. 400 you, questions. Yeah, I think the MMPI takes like two hours, yeah. two or three hours. It's didn't, boring, too. Did Mandy take it or Lita mm-hmm. take it? Yeah. No, Mandy, yeah. Mandy took it, okay. Uh, the PAI, and then the big five inventory is the uh, BFI, right, too. Right, right, right. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today is big five. And some of these other tests actually get at the big five. I think I'm pretty sure the PAI gets at it. But the big five personality traits are... In psychology, the seemingly most scientific and it most reliable in that when you test on the big five, so big five meaning there are five personality spectra that you, everyone sort of tests on, and that's what we're going to take, Berto. Got it. And what's like conscientiousness, right? Openness, openness. to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, yeah. and stable emotionally. Um, neuroticism is a is sort of the negative what's side. That's supposed to mean. And so, uh, when we administer these tests and we give them a, you know, we rate you on on these five different spectra, we find that over time you tend to test similarly. They do change over time potentially, but relatively stable over time, and it absolutely predicts behavior. There's so many studies showing Mm. that people who are more open uh, react to this situation in this this consistent way. People who are high on neuroticism have more physical ailments. You know, there's all sorts of associations that seem to uh, be borne out from, from this typology. And, you know, for people out there, it might be a little surprising because you would think that uh, personality would be pretty easy to categorize. You know, right. this person is X. an introvert. Yeah, this person. Well, introvert, extrovert, and actually is a is one of the things. But but this person. Sorry, is, but but even in that one, for example, as we've discussed before, like a lot of us have aspects of of both. Right. You know, and yeah. Right. But th- other dimensions, like you know this person is type A, you know, Mm -hmm. they're really ambitious, you know, that kind of thing. And what we find is like, it's really context dependent. Right. Some people who are labeled as ambitious are just that way because of the constraints that the context provides to them. You know, an example of that for me is at Antioch when I 
uh, first started as a full-time professor, I was, you know, one of the youngest, if not the youngest professor on staff. And everyone was on average 20 years older than me. I was very intimidated and I was quiet. I didn't talk much at all. I, I kind of went into a mode of just survival. Mm. Half the time I didn't know what anyone was even talking about because uh, at university administrative talk is like a whole other language, you know, and <laughs> all based on premises, I, I didn't really understand it at the, at the beginning. And so in the beginning, people called me reserved. Right. But Berto, among my friends, <laughs> no one would call me reserved. No, of course not. I, I mean, I'm the, uh, you and I are the loudmouths. Yeah. And so I know I one more in our friendship group that's like that. <laughs> yeah. Am yeah. I reserved or am I a loudmouth? Right. Well, it's you know it's it's context dependent, and and we'll get into that. But so I, I want to and we're going to take this test. It's going to take some time. There's I don't know forty questions. We're going to kind of discuss our answers, and it's going to be for patrons only. So sounds good. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, become a patron of the podcast. And then you'll be able to hear this episode along with hundreds of other episodes that are really our best episodes, our patron-only episodes. Do it now, Berto, right? Do it now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.